I have one question this ugly, warm, humid December morning. What in the hell are you doing listening to this podcast? Are you a freaking masochist? Are you a Buccaneers fan? Are you a Falcons fan? Whatever the reason, prepare for a really pissed off podcast host in about 30 seconds on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And I hope you are not in your car exhibiting road rage. Just remember that dude or dudette next to you driving too slow is also a hoodat and likely is just as absolutely disgusted as you are. Oh, boy. Well, I know you came to get my reaction to the Saints' 17-16 to loss to the Buccaneers and the NFL's most embarrassing loss of the 2022 season. And you're going to get it in Derry's Dime coming up in just a moment. Hey, if that's what you want, you masochist, you're going to get it. First, here is the nicest thing I'm going to say today. This is Datitude, episode number 124, for a Tuesday, December the 6th. And I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the Advocate, and bet.nola.com. And yes, one pissed off podcast host. So let's get right into it. Derry's Dime. Not going to waste any time. We're not having any guests today. No one. It's just me. And I'm recording this in the middle of the night because I wanted to get it all out while it was fresh in my mind. Not that it's going anywhere. This isn't going anywhere anytime soon. You're going to remember this one. I mean, if you're a true football fan, you're going to remember this one probably to the day you die. I mean, let's get real. It, it's up there with, it's not nearly the significance because in the grand scheme of things, it probably wouldn't have mattered in the long run. So it can't be up there with the Minneapolis miracle or the no call or even the Vernon Davis catch in San Francisco. Those were all playoff games and they meant a lot more than this one did. So it's not going to be up to... This game doesn't measure up to that. Again, I still think if they would have won this game, they'd screw it up by losing to Atlanta. Now they're definitely going to lose to Atlanta. But I'm getting off the rails here. So let's get into Derry's dime. Of my many thoughts on this flat-out embarrassment, I use that word again because it's going to come up, by the dumbest football team I have seen take a football field in who knows how long. The thought that first came to mind is one day in the future when sports writers or fans are trying to encapsulate the 2022 season into an ugly, shriveled up nutshell, they need only to remember one game. Or more specifically, the final 18 minutes and 33 seconds of the final game of the season that meant anything. 
be rest assured the Final Four don't. With about 24 chances Monday night to put Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers away for the fifth time in three years and resurrect a season that, frankly, didn't deserve to be resurrected, the Saints found a way to lose and only a way that John North Saints could do or Bum Phillips Saints could do or Dick Nolan Saints could do or Mike Ditka's Saints could do. So now you can put Dennis Allen in the category of John North, Bum Phillips, Dick Nolan, and Mike Ditka. Hell, throw in J.D. Roberts and Tom Fierce for good measure. What do I give a gosh darn? Trying to keep it clean. I'm really trying to keep it clean today. Sean Payton had two mottos that stand out above all the others. Do your damn job and finish. Allen Saints on Monday didn't either. In fact, they did the opposite. Normally, with a 16-3 lead and a first down at your own 47 with 6.54 to play, I would feel safe that a victory was forthcoming. Normally in that spot, I would think, hey, the Saints are really going to make it to within a half game of the NFC South lead heading into the bye week. And Tampa Bay, they got to travel across the country to play the Super Bowl contending San Francisco 49ers on a short week. They could be in the lead, tied for the lead next week without even playing. But this was anything but normal. I don't know why, but I had that feeling, you know what I mean, before they even started the drive, and I can prove it. On Caesars Sportsbook, Tampa Bay at that point was 11-1 to to win the game. And I said, you know what? I never win bets like that. I'll jinx the Bucks by betting on the money line. And that will be just the same as taking three Tums tablets after eating an entire serving bowl of Aunt Mabel's spicy buffalo chicken dip. Here we go. Five bucks into the Caesars kitty. <sighs> Time to relax. Nope. Feeling was still there. Uh-oh. I'm going to spare you the details, you know, if you go back and me talk about the final 18 minutes and 33 seconds, because there was plenty they could have done during that 12 minutes, but I'm going to spare you the 12 minutes before we get to the final, or 11 minutes before we get to the final 6.54. So this is how it went in the Dairy Den as I paced, sat down, got up again, turned away from the TV screen. This is how it went. I'm sure you can feel my pain. After the two-yard run by the Heartless Wonder, a.k.a. Alvin Kamara. The red water pistol shoots a screen pass to an injured Mark Ingram, who clearly was hurt, but was only playing because Kamara was off somewhere pouting. Ingram catches it, looks like he'll gain enough for a first down, and that'll be good enough to take the clock down to about the 3.30 mark or so. But wait! He sort of pulls up and inexplicably goes out of bounds, a yard short of the first down marker, with no one all that close to him, when he could have just as easily pulled up in front of the stick, the other side of the stick. All right, no problem, no problem. Five minutes, 34 seconds left. You're up by 13. Just put in Taysom, get that one yard, and basically it's, it's still ball game. Wait, what? You're going to throw? What in all that's holy are you effing doing? Catch it, Callaway. Nope. Fourth down. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. The I have seen this movie before line audibly rolls out of my mouth, and I am now officially talking to myself. My wife, who has been in the bedroom since the end of the first quarter, obviously wants no part of this. All right, okay. Great punt, Gillikin. Bucks have it at their own nine with 521 to go. Down, two touchdowns. First down pass is incomplete. Uh-oh, here we go. That spicy buffalo dip feeling's coming back again. A 13-yard completion to Chris Godwin. And I'm not sure why it took me this long, but it, the realization finally strikes me right in the eyeballs that Tom Brady is throwing the ball. And I need a real Tums now. Eight plays, two minutes later, some dude named Cade Otten catches a one-yard pass. And it was that mother chucking easy. 16 to 10 now with three minutes left. All right. Ignore that coconut-sized pit in your stomach, Derry. One first down, and it's probably not over, but it's close. Dare to dream. Two first downs, and it's really over. Something pleasant to talk about for two weeks on the pod, and there's going to be joy in Swampville again. First down, Kamara for four yards. Timeout, Tampa. All right, another one of those, and it's third and two, and you bring in Taysom. Wait a minute. Pete Carmichael is calling the plays, not Sean Payton. Um, they wouldn't do anything dumb here. Wait. No, what? What in the hell is Dalton doing dropping back on second down and he's sacked? Are you kidding me? Please tell me that was a replay from something earlier in the game. Son of a dog biscuit. Third and 17, timeout Tampa. Please, for the love of Peter, Paul, and Mary, find a way. Don't give Brady the ball back with more than two minutes left. Great pass, Dalton. Jesus Christ, Taysom, hold on to the ball. Here come the text. Stop it, leave me alone. Of course I know what's coming. Leave me be in my dream world. Oh, wait, I, I said all that aloud. I mean, we've been together for 17 years, but now she's certain I'm nutso. Forget about that. O okay, punt time. Drop the negativity. For once in your life, go put Derry Danner outside with the dog. I mean... A soul can't physically harm anyone, right? Even a canine. Two completions. Two-minute warning. Jesus H. Christ. Did ESPN really put a picture of a goat on the screen? And now I have to sit through these same commercials for an effing Galaxy flip phone. Oh, and now Scott Van Pelt is telling me Bad Beats is coming up after the game. Yeah, just what I need. Another reminder. All right, game's back on. Back to it, finally. I think I have two fingernails left and a little bit of skin on my right thumb. Two completions. Oh, come on. Really? And a 10-yard run by Leonard Fournette, who looks like he ate three pizzas before the game and hadn't run 10 yards on one carry since he was at LSU. But okay, whatever. One minute, 30 seconds left at the Saints 27. First down, four yards. Clock's running. 101 left. Second down incompletion. 58 seconds left. Third down, damn it. Now it's first down at the 20 with 39 seconds left. Another completion, this time to the 5, 30 seconds left. Allen, call timeout. Holy shiznits, what the hell are you doing? Now he takes a timeout with 17 seconds left. Is he trying to lose this game? They're back. 
touchdown, Bucks. Hands to knees. Unbleeping believable. But wait, what's that, Joe Buck? Holding on Tampa? Oh, thank Christ. 16 seconds left. They're, they got it at the 15 now. I mean, incomplete. Now there's 12 seconds left. The Saints actually have a chance. Wait. Complete to Godwin. Get him. All right, he's out at the six. Eight seconds left. Timeout, Saints. Two stops. All we need is two stops. It's three times as far as a two-point conversion. What, what is that? Derry Down is yelling from the back porch. Hey, you moron. You know what's going to happen? Let it go. Don't watch it. Shut up, jackass. They got this. Here comes Brady the line. Crap. He pointed. He sees something. Snap. Pass. Shut the front door. Shut the front door. Touchdown, Rashad White. Extra point right down the middle. 17-16. Season over. It went something like that, except I probably used a few different words at different points of that whole monologue crap that I just spewed. Any of those things over the course of my 12-minute diatribe happened differently, and there's a decent chance the Saints win. Two or three of them happened differently, and the Saints win. Instead, the tombstone has now been etched, and what's worse is we have four more games to be affirmed of exactly how much can change over the course of 11 months. Insert the icon of such change. And, and disappointed that we, that we lost the game that we had a chance to win. gave ourselves every opportunity and we just we didn't get it done so uh, you know we had a couple opportunities to make some plays we didn't make them uh, we didn't convert on third and short frustrating yeah that 31 slant through the complete why what, what was probably why pass there not run well yeah look I mean we had, a, we had a pass play that was, you know, really kind of initially designed for the fullback and flat on the other side. Uh, and he probably had a shot at the pull up the DX. Hindsight's point twenty. I wish we'd have run it. You know, uh, you know Mark hurt his knee on the on the previous play, and so it came up a yard short. You know, it's, that's frustrating. And that that uh, play call that. That was what was called, and that was not like adjusted to based on. No, that was the play. Front. Yeah, that was the play. Are there any call decisions that stick in your craw, like in hindsight, like immediately or anything, or is it? Just... Well, look. I mean, you know, when, when you don't when you don't convert, you always look back and and you know wish you'd have done something different. Um, but yet, if we convert there, we're not. You know, we're not talking about it. Yeah, it stings. It sucks. Damn right it sucks. Uh, that's a nice way to put it. I mean, think, think of how many things in 18 minutes, or if you want to go to a shorter window, the six minutes and 54 seconds we talked about, that one coach completely screwed up. I mean, you go back before. I mean, it's third and two. They have a, a, another chance to put the game away earlier. 
in the third quarter. It's third and two at the Tampa Bay 11. And an incomplete pass to Kamara. I got to kick a field goal. You got to play where another chance to score a touchdown, go up by three scores. And you got 12 men in the huddle. How the hell does that happen? I mean, I would say it's unfathomable, but it's really not. I mean, you say hindsight is 2020. How about having some freaking foresight? Forget the hindsight. In common football sense. I mean, I don't need to tell any of you where you obviously run the ball and where you use different players in different plays. I mean, am I wrong that they threw probably three passes and spots they certainly should have run in? They run even if they don't get first downs. That's a minute and 30 seconds more off the clock. Or force them to use timeouts. I mean, is is that wrong? Am I, am I just going off the deep end? Am, am I being too hard on him? And I don't have one bad thing to say this morning about Andy Dalton. I've been as hard on Andy Dalton as anyone else. He played a hell of a game. And quite frankly, ignore his stats. I didn't look at him. I don't know what they are, and I don't care. This is probably the best game he has played since he's been here. He didn't call the plays. He didn't drop the football. He made almost every right read. And honestly, he was as good as Andy Dalton possibly could be. It's a damn shame he couldn't have gone to the podium Monday night with a smile on his face and telling guys like me to shove it. Although, of course, he wouldn't say it like that because he's too nice of a guy. Instead, like the rest of us, he was clearly frustrated and knows, you got to think he knows this, right? That he might be four games away on a dead-as-the-doornail team from finishing his career. We didn't make the plays when they were there, and at the end of the game, they didn't. That's what it came down to. We had opportunities for that game to be very different than what it was, and you know, I feel like I'm a broken record saying the same thing. We just missed opportunities. And at this point, with where we're at in the season, there's only four games left, and... It's unfortunate that we keep having to say the same thing over and over and over again. And the missed opportunities have hurt us. We've had chances in a lot of games this year. And uh, when we haven't made the plays when we needed to, it has affected the game. And, you know, it's been the same outcome. Time after time, same outcome. It's a broken record, but you didn't break it this time, Andy Dalton. I mean, if this isn't proof, cold hard proof, that this coaching staff, specifically Pete Carmichael, is in over their heads, then I'm not sure what else needs to be shown. If you're rooting for Dennis Allen to be shown the door when the season is over, then there's probably a much better than a 1% chance that there was before the fourth quarter of Monday night. I'm not wishing for anyone to get fired. I honestly am not. I'm just saying that what we have seen time after time throughout a 4-9 season, the first time a Saints team has been 4-9 or worse since 2005 in Hurricane Katrina. Before that, 99 Mike Ditka. It has not been done here in a long time. 
And for us old folk who remember the ugly days, it's frankly not one that is easy to watch. I watch because I have to. But there are a lot of people who, if there aren't changes made, are not going to watch. Allen has, Allen has all the talent. Time after time, he and his staff have shown that they cannot make simple calls that a coach at a Class 2A school down the bayou can make without hesitation. For three quarters, this team showed us Monday night the talent is there to be with the best of the best in the NFC. It showed it last week, too, even though the score didn't necessarily show that. But even beyond the coaching staff, something big, and I mean big, is missing. It's not just Sean Payton. It's not just Drew Brees. Like we said, Alvin Kamara's heart is elsewhere. One game aside, the quarterback position is an absolute mess. The defense is not the same defense we saw last year, and in large part that's because the guy who was one hell of a defensive coordinator is now in a spot he probably shouldn't be in. The emotion and joy we saw throughout much of the past 16 years on the field is gone. And the Michael Thomas situation, which we haven't talked about in a while, it's still there. Has put this franchise in an awfully precarious spot. And there's absolutely nothing that anyone can do about it. You know, one other big thought crossed my mind as Kamara was going to the ground as the clock struck zeros in give-up mode without even trying to lateral somewhere. Yeah, this is karma. And, and it's funny how Kamara and karma can be spelled with the same letters and almost in the same order. But karma, for all those 28-3 to 3 jokes that Hudats have been spewing on the Falcons fans for the past six years. Yeah, I'm guilty of it too. They were damn funny. But I think that's the end of it for me. And you better be prepared for the 16-3 to memes coming your way. And quite frankly, we deserve it. At least the Falcons have hope for the future. They have cap money. And they have draft picks. Of course, the, well, they're still the Falcons, but that's another story. Yeah, I just couldn't help myself. So now we sit and wait for the 2022 debacle to be over on January 8th. So we can officially begin to think ahead to what's coming in free agency in the draft. But wait. But wait, boys and girls. This team going forward, at least in the near future, the next two years, and more specifically next year, this team will be one of the most cash-strapped organizations in football, and they have no first-round pick unless Peyton chooses to come back soon and a team is willing to pay a fairly hefty price. Or... He could just come back here, right? Well, I mean, did anyone ever think that that's the reason he left in the first place? Maybe he saw what was coming down the pipeline. I mean, that dude ain't dumb. And while most of us will still watch the remainder of the season, except for maybe the Nudats, who will probably be out shopping for Christmas presents, but I digress. The rest of us will find ourselves lost in the moment for a few hours while the game's on. But we know today is the day. The 2022 Saints party is officially over. So with that, as we end Derry's dime, we will 
end the show. And we will leave you with this. And for those old like me, you'll know this song from the first note. For the rest of you, this is my ode to life after Peyton. And it comes from the late Dandy Don Meredith who used to sing this same song on Monday Night Football. How apropos. When the clock hadn't yet struck zero, but the game was no longer in doubt. Had he been alive and in the booth last night, he might have even sung it in the middle of the fourth quarter. Nah, never mind. Unlike me, he he realized Tom Brady was on the field, and he realized he was running the show on the other sideline. So we're going to leave you with that song. We are going to tell you very quickly we're going to take some time off from the pod. Saints are in a bye week. We're going to take it a little bit easier over the next course of the next 10 days or so. And we will be back on Friday, December the 16th to preview Saints-Falcons. We're going to do it. We're not going anywhere. Even if they 4-12 and won in the final game, we'll still be doing it on Fridays. We'll be back on Friday, December 16th. Preview Saints-Falcons live with Jeff Duncan on all of our bet.nola.com and nola.com social media channels. And here, wherever you get your podcast, we will see you then. And remember, I don't I shouldn't have to remind you this, but share love with your family and friends this holiday season. Please remember that they are way more important than a football game. Sometimes it doesn't seem so, especially when they're in the other room and you're standing by yourself yelling at a TV. But your family and friends are way more important than a football game. So remember them during the holidays. We'll be back long before then. We will see you a week from Friday. Peace and love, my friends. Turn out the lights. The party's over. <laughs> they say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's over. And tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. Okay.